Yes. Are we actually going? Yeah, we're going. Okay. Coming to you from the Tommy <laughs> is unprepared as fuck <laughs> studios over here on the ass end of the blue line. It's the Sons of Honarchy podcast. This is one of your co-hosts of the Sons of Honarchy podcast, Steve-O, at Drunk Shy Sox fan on Twitter. And hot take Tommy. And I take offense, sir. I am, I am now, You're now, now prepared. I'm prepared. Now you I am, I'm Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, well, on, on this episode of the Sons of Honarchy podcast, we are bringing you um, some just, just hot off the press news. I'm telling you what. While there's nothing going on, we got a uh, White Sox lack of moves. We got Major League Baseball's lockout. We've got um, a wish list because you know it's holiday season and it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. All of this brought to you by us. So make sure you rate, subscribe, review. Tommy, you forgot to tell them that we have also a very special Minoso minute. Oh this yeah, week of course. Too. Of but course. Of we'll, course. we'll we'll pump the brakes on that for now uh, because that's what we're going to close out our episode with. Indeed, indeed. So, Tom, talk to me about uh, your week. Uh, my week's been it was good. I okay, it was busy. Busy. I woke up early. Who cares? Yeah. Who cares? Who cares? Um, but I I got through it. We got literally two finals left, and then I'm done with this school shit. Done with this school shit. Yay! Golf clap for Tommy. Yay. Exciting. Okay, but I had friends over this weekend because you know I'm popular. I'm a good. I'm a. I'm a great. Friend, oh yeah. Obviously, yeah, you're, you're just so much. Well, you, you abandoned me. You left you, and fucking. Oh, I abandoned you. <laughs> <Yeah>. Okay. <laughs> sure. We'll take that as the uh, as the translation yeah, here. So, <laughs> yeah. So I had I had friends over and then we had a good time and then um, Steve literally ditched me and went to a Hogs game with all of his buddies except for me. Rockford Ice Hogs, baby. And I invited Tommy, yes, but yes, you know his his prior <laughs> plans, which were probably months in advance, were yeah, ma- I, way more important than me asking him two weeks in advance. We did have people flying across the country, so I did. right, right. <laughs> because like oh, you know, about two weeks ago, I texted a bunch of people and I said, "Hey, we're going to the Ice Hogs game." Uh, I'm as many of our listeners know, I'm a native of the Rockford area. Yes. Um, and so the I Ice said, Hawks, "Take me out of this." thread <laughs> <laughs> um and the ice hogs are the hometown team baby um and they are absolutely terrible they yes. are god awful they got beat for nothing by the hendersonville silver knights fam um, where is hendersonville <laughs> hendersonville is in i believe south carolina um but yes they got absolutely demolished uh but it was a lot of fun because what was it tom $2. What is the name of the arena? The BMO Harris Bank Center. Yeah, BMO used, to be Bar- called, <laughs> used to be called the Rockford Metro Center. The Rockford, Formerly the Rockford Metro Center, the BMO Harris Bank Center had $2 Bud Light night. So, yes. um, and Steve it's, got you know, it's just like 12-ounce <laughs> cans that are 2 bucks. But come on. When's the last time you've been to a sporting event that had $2 Bud Light cans? Come on now. Let's how, be real. Yeah, how many people showed up? How many people showed up? And even better. So... I came all the way straight from Forest Park. We were running late because our buddy Jameson was dragging ass there uh, to get to my place to go out there. Yeah. Um, we showed up 25 minutes late to the game, and it was first thousand fans to come through the door, ages 21 and older, uh, got a free Rockford Ice Hogs giveaway bucket hat. And Tommy, what am I sporting right now? He's got that bucket hat. You already know. These hats are <laughs> fucking flame so they look good they look good i'm very happy i got one of these i wore it the rest of the night but yeah so, so. a thousand fans 25 minutes late 
Still didn't still didn't make it to a thousand fans. Oh no, absolutely not. <laughs> Especially oh, it was just dead. Absolutely. Good people dead. Rockford couldn't we, come out we for We watched about light. you know <laughs> the rest of the first period and part of the second period in the stands. Ice Hogs went down two nothing. We went and got beers and we just stayed out on concourse for the rest of the time. It was a great time. It was very very fitting for a Rockford experience. But I woke up hungover as fuck the next morning. I'm so glad we didn't record on Saturday because it it wouldn't have happened. Steve drunkenly was like. <laughs> Fam, we got to cancel oh, the recording. PM, <laughs> 10 p.m. that night, Tommy's like, yo, do, you, do we got notes? Are we recording? And I was like, I'm going to be honest. I, I'm not going to be ready to record. <laughs> so here we are, Sunday evening. The Bears are about to start right now. I don't want to watch that shit show. No. So I, I, This is actually a really good distraction from that. So absolutely. thank you, Steve. <laughs> thank you for, for doing this and coming yes. out to the ass end of the blue line to record. Yeah, as we are. As we should be, ass end of the blue line. Um, Beautiful place to be. Hey, so I, I, I want to transition into news now, but yeah, because um, we are a baseball podcast. I, but like, what news? <laughs> right, absolutely. The MLB lockout is is on and it is in full effect and yeah. it is in full force. Ain't and nobody obviously, doing baseball is dead as hell right now. Yeah, but we're still bringing you a podcast. Um, so let's keep you know the airwaves moving a little bit um, and talk about what's relevant. Yeah. Well, you know what? Like, I think there's a lot of conversation around the lockout, right? Where it's like, ah, this is the first time since 1994 that this has happened. Absolutely. I was hanging out with another buddy last night, and he asked me, hey, talk to me about this lockout. And I was like, guess what you should do? Tune into the Sons of Honarchy yeah. podcast because we've been talking about it a little bit. Teaser. Um, because yeah. people don't really know what's going on. Yeah, and it's it's really – Outsiders, I should say. Yeah, like people who aren't familiar with the team are like what – or the, the game are just like – first of all, they're probably not paying attention to what's going on in the offseason in general. But mm-hmm. then they might think to themselves like, you know what? I haven't learned shit about baseball in like months. What What is this? And there is no – there's literally no transactions, no – uh, communication going on between players and teams because that's what a lockout is but what's i think it's interesting um in the narrative to to consider the actual like jargon that is what what even is a lockout i, I mean it is what it sounds like right it's it's there's n- the players are locked out but i think people mistakenly are, like what i was saying earlier people are saying oh it's the first time this has happened since 1994 it's not because in 1994, the players were on strike. And that's mm. not a lockout. So Very different. I think it's really important to remember that in the in the midst of these negotiations. Because these negotiations are markedly different than those because of that very thing. The players aren't on strike. The owners locked them out. Um, so, so to put this into perspective for you, this is owner-initiated. This yes. is baseball owner initiated. This is team initiated. This is not player initiated. Right. And, you know, like they their demands were not met and by the owners and the owners thought they were. Lo- anyway, so I think it's just important to say, like, OK, look, this is all this is a negotiation tactic. When you have a, a, mm-hmm. a company or a business and a unionized workforce, you have a couple options, two of them being. The players, or rather, the unionized workforce going on strike, the MLBPA could go on strike. The other uh, negotiation tactic is, on the flip side of that, is the owners locking people out. And that's what's going on. So I think it's, like, again, it's really important. Don't get it twisted. They're just negotiation tactics. But if the owners met these players' demands, 
we would be playing we would be continuing on with the offseason like nothing was going on. And right. so the the what has happened? What has happened is that the owners considered player demands so ludicrous and outlandish that they wouldn't even do the good faith of like extending temporarily the CBA while the negotiations were negotiations were ongoing. Mm-hmm. They wouldn't give that courtesy. And so we are in the midst of a lockout because that's going to put more pressure on the players to acquiesce and let the owners do what they want to do. Right. So and that's what's going to happen. And it's it's really shitty that it's come down to that. Um, not just for baseball, not just for fans. I think especially for players, right? Mm-hmm. We got to start taking player stories into consideration, right? Period you gotta of take discussion. signing Trevor's story into consideration. Yeah, that's what you... Oh, sorry. No, player's stories. My bad. I'm sorry. Yes. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Thank you for... <laughs> you, you're an ass for that one. Um, but I got to ask you this, Tom. Uh, do you think that the baseball season is going to have a delayed start this year based on what you're seeing right now? I think... Uh, I mean, there's literally been nothing, right? There's been zero activity. Mm-hmm. And I think it's it's really, really easy for people to say, you know what, fuck it. We're going to wait until after the holidays to do anything. Right. I mean, and I was going <laughs> to say that. I think that's right? exactly why we're seeing nothing right now is because everybody who really follows this topic is set in their minds that nothing is going to happen between now and Martin Luther King Jr. Day. Yeah. And I absolutely agree with that. Mm-hmm. I think for the next month, like – Hell, we could take a break from podcasting because literally there will be absolutely nothing to report on and absolutely nothing to talk about because Mm -hmm. that's where baseball's at right now. Yeah. The only thing we can do is speculate for when it's going to end and what's going to happen when it ends. Right. But But are you are back to the original question? Are you suspecting a delayed start? (laughs) I'm suspecting that. Yeah, I I honestly I I really don't think that pitchers and catchers are going to report on time. I don't think that the first games of, uh, you know, Arizona, whatever you call it, yeah. spring training. Well, you get spring training leagues that's, in Arizona I, and that's, Florida. That's yeah. not going to start on time, in my opinion, because look, like until these, like until they are not issuing paychecks because of the lockout, that's when people are really going to start throwing chairs and getting shit done, right? And and right now, nobody's not getting paychecks because there's no paychecks to get issued. Paychecks have already been like th- that. We're done here, right? Like the players get their checks while they're like with the teams, and ain't nobody with the teams right now because right. It's off the season. seasons are over and it's the off season exactly. So, so nobody's getting affected by nothing until that starts happening. We're gonna be sitting here waiting for stuff to start going you know, on. And I and I disagree with you. I think especially after 2020 with the shortened season, baseball owners realize how much money can really be made. Yeah. Right. And if they have to give a little to consider how much they can still can continue to make, yeah, they are going to do it. Yeah. Um, as much as right now they want to put the pressure on the players' union, on the players in general, yeah. to make the move now. I mean, the players' union is doing exactly what they should be doing. Mm-hmm. They're doing exactly what they should be doing and just staying put. I think by the time you know late January rolls around you're going to see a lot of movement. And I absolutely suspect that, I'll be honest, I think pitchers and catchers may report a little bit later, but I don't think it leads to a delayed start I th- to the season. 
Um, I think it might be, you know, a week or two later that pitchers and catchers report. Yeah. But you're still going to see, you know, a lot of those guys working out on their own time. And of course, um, I mean that you, you're yeah. going to see that because these guys want to win. Exactly. Like that's, the players want to play. The players want to win. They're going to do what they need to do, but right. I mean, and, maybe not guys. And they're, in just, the Orioles, they're just not going like, to be doing it in team. <laughs> they're just not going to be doing it in team facilities. No. Yeah. All of not these guys the have places yeah. where they can go and work out in the off season that aren't team facilities. Yeah. The problem um, is the even minor even leaguers guys don't. But even a lot of minor league guys do. Are I mean, they going to drop in, down to the JUCO? No, but facilities? a lot of the minor league guys that we've talked to have connections. Most yeah. of them. Uh, yeah, you know, a true. ton of these guys do have places. I mean, even our guy, you know, Andrew Perez is playing down in the Dominican League right now. And right? fucking shit up. Exactly. <laughs> uh, and we're, ha- we're super happy for him. Um, but that being said, these guys do have places to play right, um, right. that are outside of just these 30 major league teams, yeah. team mm-hmm. facilities that are owned by these owners that mm-hmm. are trying to drive a hard bargain. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so I don't suspect that the season's going to end late. I think these start. owners, re, or, sorry, yes, start late. Um, I think these negotiate, you know, the standstill in negotiations will end eventually because there's just so much damn money to be yeah, made. Yeah, it's literally a ten point six billion dollar organ, or, like company industry industry. There it's an go. industry. Like it's it's going to need to generate that income. There's too much riding on all that cuz like when you're talking about that big of a dollar amount, there's so many things that go into making that dollar amount happen and if those things aren't allowed to get started up, then I For mean sure. that that's a whole ass fucking tr- freight train you're trying to stop. 100%. And I uh, you know I'm I'm the big betting guy out of us too. Um, <laughs> but offshore betting websites and uh bookies have bet uh betting odds out right now that the, on, uh, on the, the, the major lockout? league baseball season lockout and last time i checked which was about a week ago or last time i heard because about i don't have i don't ago. i don't have any of these offshore accounts of course you know i do everything oh legal. oh yeah no actually you i only do it because stand up citizen yeah i only do it because it's a pain in the ass to get your checks from them yeah um <laughs> but they had minus 120 odds that the season will start on time. Okay. So that's still, I mean, it's basically even money um, that the season will end on time, but they do predict that the season will start on time. Um, so there you go. There you have it. Yeah. I mean, this, it, 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 it really is. This is a negotiation tactic. That's, that's what it is. It's, it's technically, hypothetically, it's not malicious. Hypothetically. But it's it, self. It, it, it's well, definitely it's, yeah. it's definitely a very clear point that hey, I'm not budging. But the owners legitimately do not want to change anything. It's because they the want terms have been nothing. so damn good for them over the past twenty plus years. Yeah, almost Absolutely. thirty years. Right. Player, uh, player inc- salaries have flattened the average player salary has flattened at about 4.1 million which mm-hmm. is it's very high but that's the average by flattened technically uh, average salary or is it uh, which one average, is it average salary, or median is down median is down okay. average salary is go. flat because the fucking top guys are getting Buku buckets bucks. buckets of money and yeah so they don't want to change that because their revenue has start has started just going through the roof in the last 10 years specifically the league has been making hella bucks mm-hmm. and so yeah, why would they change anything if they're not having to play pay their players any more than they had to 20 years ago or whatever it is or and 
they are making hand over fist what they were making five, even five years ago. Mm-hmm. Like, why would they want to change that? What, what, and the only thing that would make them change that is players demanding it, not playing unless if they get what they're asking for. So I, that that's where I'm at, where it's like these – it's not going to start on time because these – I think the season, the regular season will probably start on time, but I don't think these, this preseason is going to start right. Mm, so that, that's, that's where I'm at because it's like – that's fair. It, there's such to be a honest, there might not be a pitcher catch. I, I would take this actually into consideration. I bet even that pitchers and catchers will report at the same time as regular position players. That's a bet you'd that be taking? Be, that would be my delay. That would be the furthest I think a delay goes. Okay. Well, we'll have to follow Jeff Passan for all this shit. Absolutely, <laughs> baby. We'll Hopefully he, he bodies Beef Wolf during the 108 tourney this year, too. That's really <laughs> all I need. Um, and speaking of which, shout out to you know our, our friends over at from the 108. Um, did you see the gift that they got from Daniel Polka? No. Oh, so um, this is recent. They had their yearly 108 meeting mm-hmm. uh, last night uh, where they talk about, I don't know, whatever bullshit they're going to do for the rest of the year. <laughs> um, but they were unwrapping a gift that they got from Daniel Polka. Um, and it was one of his uh, Samsung Lions shirts oh, yeah. from when he played over of in course. KBO. And then they also got an autographed Daniel Polka cup. Brilliant. Absolutely incredible. Love that. And it's signed, you know, Daniel Polka. And then on the other side of the cup, it says uh, fifth place AL rookie of the year. <laughs> it's just, just absolutely <laughs> phenomenal. And I got to give him credit for that. Absolutely Hell yeah. hilarious. Hell yeah. So kudos to Daniel Polka. Also, one of the nicest dudes that I met at SoxFest in 2019. Well, um, he's just so. happy to fucking be here, you know? Like, he knows he made his life's er, – like, he made his – he set his life up just in that, like, back half of that – what was it, 2017? 2018. 2018. The back year. half yeah. of that 2018 season, he set himself up for, like, any, like, international <laughs> international team Honestly. deal that he wanted. So, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm ha- I, let, I love that guy. I, I, I always will. Even though right field to this day is a goddamn black, black hole. <laughs> and we will talk about that shortly. But before that, I got a bone to pick, Tom. I got a bone to pick. And it's speaking of White Sox Twitter, which is where we found out about the 108 guys. And, mm-hmm. you know, I've built a lot of great friendships and community yes. and all of connections, that. Connections, connections, connections. Ever yes, yes, since yes. the baseball season ended, it has been a total fucking shit show. And I just, like, can't be on the app for more than five minutes at a time. I can't mm. deal with this hostility, okay? Listeners, people, anybody, just treat each other with respect, period. End of discussion. I'm going to keep this one short, but... You know, y- y'all, you know, I, I understand we have our disagreements right. when it comes to baseball, when it comes to personal life, when it comes to politics, when it comes to whatever. Yeah, okay. When it comes to opinions of uh, whether you think Carrie is a douche or not, like exactly. at that baseball fan, we well, all, we well, no all longer at that <laughs> yeah. baseball fan. Thanks, guys. You fucking ruined it for him. There's it, no more at that baseball fan. Thank you, Twitter. I'm going to have to relearn his Twitter hashtag. It's like now, Sox, or, uh, at, Park, at Adam. He didn't even like try. It Maybe like, I'll give him a proper, I'll give him a proper shout out next episode. But yeah, like people are getting damn kicked off the app because abrasiveness going every direction it's, exactly. it's too much it's too much all that being said be united 
Sox Twitter is one of the greatest things on the internet, in my opinion, because of the uh, great friendships and the great community that I have found over the past few years. Throughout meeting these people in person, throughout online interactions, through our podcast, Mm -hmm. from going on road trips, it's been an absolute blast. And just because we don't have baseball to come around right now doesn't mean that we have to be at each other's throats. So, hey, everybody else, cut it the fuck off, and let's just be one united front. Yeah, go Bulls. There you go. (laughs) Also, everybody love everybody. Because we only have one rule on this team. What is that rule, Twiggy? E-L-E. That's right, E-L-E. What does E-L-E stand for? Everybody love everybody. Everybody love everybody. Right there up on the wall. (laughs) Okay, well, uh, how are you feeling? Uh, You feeling like a drink break? Let's take a quick drink break, and we will be right back. After these messages... Is it on? All right. I'm going to present you with the same question. Do you think investing is the right thing to do with money? I mean, I just talked about, yeah. uh, you know, possibly getting on home ownership in the near future. Yeah, so, like, you're once, making so, smart things, you know, yeah. making things happen. You know, investing, right. for sure. Financially. Yeah. Moisturizing is like oh, here investing. We go. It here is. Here we go, it is. folks. Okay, so you want your future oh, to make be bright. Quick. You're getting ready for retirement. Even even in our 20s, this is the right thing to do. This is the smart thing to do. This is how you set yourself up right. Same thing applies with moisturizing your face. So get me right. You are comparing financial investment to moisturizing my face. I'm comparing financial security to facial security you got to make sure that thing is ready in the future you're talking 40 years from now i want you looking as close to what you look like bun, now bun security's job security right <laughs> oh my goodness i i will leave it right there i will leave it right there until well, next week since we are a <laughs> chicago white Sox baseball podcast let's Hop into one of my favorite yearly segments. Now, this is our third year of doing Sons of Honarchy yeah, podcast. We're having a good time. And we've done this segment. This is our third time doing this segment. Is the oh, holiday wish list yes segment, it is. man. That's fun. And we should even rem- a jingle. Remember, this is this is not just any holiday wish list segment. Yes. This is the Grandpa Jerry edition of mm-hmm. the holiday wish list segment. So Tommy, go through the rules of what the Grandpa Jerry edition includes. <sighs> well. Well, well, you know, again, we have seen throughout the years a lot of the big name free agents uh, blip on the radar and then fly away to another organization. This is not an organization that signs the biggest name free agents. So that means in this Jerry edition of the holiday wish list, that's no Castellanos, no Chris Bryant, no Carlos Correa. And no Trevor Story. There's other names out there that are probably not available because we're the White Sox. But those are the main ones that are just completely, you can't even do it. Because, again, you're not asking Santa. You're asking Jerry Reinsdorf for yeah. him to fulfill your holiday wish list. Remember, you want the AirPods Pro, and you're getting the off-brand AirPods yes. with Grandpa Jerry. Yeah, you're getting Just letting you know, because he doesn't yeah. understand the difference between the two here. So... <laughs> Tom, do you want to start with yours? Should I start with mine? What should we do here? Let's go, because um, we, we kind of got it laid out 
that we've got our bottom of the list, and then we can work our way to the tops of the list, right? right? So let's start with our bottom of the list, and you can go first, and then I will jump in with my like, eh, this is the guy I want really bad, but maybe the least, because I think yours will play okay. good into it. Fair enough. Okay, so this first one's a wild one. It's it, a, is, it's, it is wild. It's I've a, seen it's it. A it's a wild. wild card pick. It's, <laughs> it's a left-handed power bat. That the White Sox kind of have already in Gavin Sheets, and I'm going to tell you why I'm going with this guy, and and despite Gavin Sheets in a second, but it's Dan Vogelbach. I want to see Fuck. Dan Vogelbach Hilarious. as the 26th man of the Chicago White Sox, and it's not that Dan Vogelbach is lighting up thick, lighting up the stat sheets. <laughs> it is partially that he is 108 thick, indeed. <laughs> it's not that Dan Vogelbach is even. Better than Gavin Sheets or better than Andrew Vaughn because, to be personally honest, he might not be. <laughs> but do you know what Gavin Sheets is, Tommy? He is a Rick Hahn specialty <laughs> of selling high. Rick Hahn is king at selling high on players. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. So, so you're is gonna... Gavin Sheets going to be some perennial all-star? Oh, Most likely I see, not. I see where you are going. This is good. This Gavin is good. Sheets is trade bait. Yes. Okay? How do you supplement what you had in Gavin Sheets with somebody else? You do it through Dan Vogelbach. And my other, my, my last move of hmm. these three holiday wish lists, pray for Uncle Jerry that this doesn't Break the pocketbook too much. Um, but it plays well into especially the third one on this list. So um, you, uh, pause, but you want me to pump pause. the brakes. I want you to pump the brakes. We will get there. And then you can Great. tie it back at that time. However, my holiday wish list is coming out very strong. And it's <laughs> this probably should be on the no list because he just won uh, a very prestigious trophy in the postseason. However, I really want Jorge Soler. <laughs> Look, he hasn't had the most electric like career in the league right he's never been like mvp kind of guy he's never he's been in a dog crap organization never forget he did lead the league in home runs in 2019 yes and he he did get mvp votes for that year oh he did okay so um (laughs) let's uh pretend like that didn't happen and he's still on the list because technically i'm breaking the rules and asking for jorge soler but please i really like look i just want dingers i've made no like secret of this fact about me i just want to see the ball leave the ballpark and look friends tommy loves the tommy loves the long ball that should tell you a lot about him chicks (laughs) chicks and tommy dig the long ball now i uh, the thing that frustrates me to no end is that we have a hitter friendly a dinger friendly ballpark and we don't play to that strength I really just want the Bomba Squad, but from Chicago. And let's not call it the Bomba Squad because that was a really lame-ass nickname. Absolutely. I, very, I really very lame. just want bombs for days. Is that too much to ask? It is when you're trying to improve your team's on-base percentage. So, <laughs> Orhe Soler does hit bombs. Don't get me wrong. Don't get it twisted. But when you look at even his total OBP numbers from last year, now this is even taking into consideration the 242 plate appearances where he just absolutely caught fire in Atlanta. Okay, mm-hmm. He had a 358 OBP in Atlanta, right? He was 288 in Kansas City before that for a 316 OBP in for the year. 
Year before that, 326. Year before that, the year that he hit all the home runs, 354. Same with the year before that. Okay, but just so much inconsistency. And because of the World Series MVP, I'm I think the asking price is going to be really high. It's going to be a lot higher than my left-handed special team Dan Vogelbach, that's for sure. Yes, and yes. Then on top Dan of that, Vogelbach is actually can, attainable. Then, then you can make First off, you need to start developing Andrew Vaughn. We've noticed that Andrew Vaughn is getting better with the more plate appearances he's getting. Yeah. So don't do this backlog switching between him and Gavin Sheets. Don't slow down anybody's development. One of them's gone. Yeah. Vogelbach, 26th man right now, and (laughs) trade away Gavin Sheets for something that is of value to you. What the fuck is Vogelbach going to play? The backup first base? Absolutely nothing. And DH? Absolutely nothing except for DH on select days oh my okay God, dude that's such a that's like he no, is a I platoon dh kind of guy he's yeah which is like useless for an organization that like you you need to get more value out of your 26th man than backup dh absolutely not oh come on absolutely not i mean okay i i, I like it because you're because of what you're saying like hey look gavin sheets is probably gone dan vogelback does kind of fit the mold at the plate maybe not in the field right but exactly uh, I kind of like that take. I do. Even though it's wild, I like it. it now, is you're shitting on my Jorge Soler because he's going to be too overpriced and he probably doesn't fit our mold. But look, I just want dingers, so it's on my wish list. Sue me. Also, he's a right fielder by trade. Right fielder slash DH guy. And I have a right fielder. I, so I and have, I'm going to get there eventually, but I'll let you say yours first. You're going to let me go, go first on my right fielder. Yeah, you go first. Kyle Schwarber. Look. I, I need you guys to understand that, again, we have a, a ballpark. It, it, it's made to hit home runs. It really is. I, I, I think this is important, especially from the left-handed side of the plate. Left-handed power bats do well in guaranteed right field. Now, there is a home run power park factor using StarCast, StatCast, Lord Almighty, the words are getting slurred. Um, <laughs> I'm half of a, half glass, a glass of wine. Of wine. <laughs> We're becoming winos like beef off here. Oh, good God. <laughs> We're never going to get to that level. Now, again, home run park factors. Home run park factors using StatCast by freeze stats. Right. Okay. So this is kind of like a thing that's out there. They rate the power factor from left field, center field, and right field from each of the ballparks Hold in on. the MLB. Is Tommy using advanced statistics right now? This is only because it supports my argument. Okay. So <laughs> you have in the American League, Yankee Stadium. Obviously, right field power factor is bonkers because it's you're you got the short porch there. You're you're, you're hitting bombs at 280 feet. Right. So they get they they stack up on left-handed power bats. That's what the Yankees do. Everybody knows this. But the only other park between Yankee Stadium and Minute Maid Park, or the only other park between Yankee Stadium and Guaranteed Rate Field is Minute Maid Park. It's literally the third best field in the American League for hitting bombs from the left-handed side of the plate. That's a full fucking fact. A full fucking fact. Why are we not stacking up on left-handed power bats? Why not? And what's the best left-handed power bat that's out there right now? It's Kyle goddamn Schwarber. So I say to you, why the fuck not? Okay, so here's the thing. I would never argue if the White Sox made a move for Kyle Schwarber, Mm -hmm. I would not be mad about it at all. Mm -hmm. Because Mm -hmm. he is absolutely your everyday starting DH right now. Yeah. Yes. The thing is, the White Sox have positional needs 
that need to be filled pronto. And mm. one of them is right field. Kyle Schwarber cannot, <laughs> and I say, I will repeat again, cannot play right field. He does not have the mobility. He does not have the arm. He, mm. Guess who does? Mm. Well, first off, let me say this. Kyle Schwarber has not played right field. Like ever? Since right? 2015. Yeah, okay. Where yeah. he played four <laughs> games. Four okay. games, okay? Mm. He's not going to be playing right field. It's okay? really, it's not, like, it's not settling the need of, like, right field or second base. Those are the needs that we've been Correct. banging the goddamn table for. It's more of settling the need for a, a standard DH. Right. Because you're not going to have a Yermin Mercedes that you can plug in there for the first half uh, of the season and then kind of, like, rotate accordingly you, through you, the rest of you, the season. You, you mean first month of the season, yeah. right? Yeah, because that's right. really all Yermin yeah. was really solid but for look, our dh position was like by committee right absolutely why not get a fucking lock in there i i absolutely agree that they should get a lock at dh however positional needs absolutely come first mm. and right now your right field is gavin yep. sheets and andrew vaughn and i know once again our we're trusty. Bullish. Our trusty GM <laughs> is bullish about those two. Bullish. But you can take care of this problem right now. Four years, probably $84 million. Fuck you. With Michael fucking Conforto. Okay? Steve. There's zero reason why the White Sox should not be pursuing Michael Conforto. Here's my bit for Michael Conforto. Okay? I know you love Schwarber's bat. I do. And that's great. He is a left-handed power bat that the White Sox are... I should say this again. A consistent left-handed power bat that the White Sox are badly in need of, right? He would absolutely fill that need. Mm -hmm. Gavin Sheets could become that, but it's it's a big question mark, right? Yeah. However, Michael Conforto has a career OPS plus, which is higher than Kyle Schwarber's. Explain to the people, explain to the people what OPS plus is. OPS plus is on-base plus slugging. So... It's not just your slugging percentage, which Kyle Schwarber has. I'm sure career slugging percentage, if I looked at it very quickly, Kyle Schwarber's slugging percentage career-wise is probably higher than Michael Conforto's. However, Michael Conforto gets on base. What did the White Sox not do enough of this year, especially in the postseason? Hit dingers. Get on base. They had plenty of fucking singles. They were on base. There was base. There was foot traffic on the base path the they thing is OP, ops also takes into consideration slugging percentage. slugging percentage yes it does right so in an off year conforto had a 344 obp dude on last year's lineup that would have been the fourth highest on the team behind yaz and we love yaz why tom because he gets on base exactly yohan mankata who is very good at doing what tom because he gets on base. Getting on base. <laughs> and Jose Bray, who's just a, an all-around great hitter. Yes. Okay? Michael Conforto would be this middle-slash-back-end bat that you need in your lineup so goddamn badly. He's got a strong right-field arm. Historically, he is solid. Not great. He is solid. He had a rough year. Last year, both at the plate yes. and defensively. Yes. Which never looks good in a contract year. Yes. But when we look at his numbers historically, he's a great player. He is a very good player. And on top of this, and I, I, I'm once again staying realistic. The reason why he's my number one 
on my holiday wish list it's for Jerry's Uncle Jerry. Wish list. It's it Jerry's. does not hurt Grandpa's wallet. He's going to be an under million dollar contract, and that stays in the trend of what the White Sox do. They have never offered a player, and I'm going back to this fact again. They have never offered a player a hundred million dollar contract. And the first player to get that contract is not going to be Michael Conforto, and it's not going to be anybody in this year's free agent class. No. Because I, there's yeah. no one that's on that level that the White Sox can afford or that the White Sox have a need for. Unless it fills an absolute need for the White Sox yeah. or it's a player that the White Sox are locking up long term right. over multiple years, a.k.a. what Gio and TA should get. Yeah. Right? They should get. Yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not going to be the White Sox tapping free agency for it. So. There's my there's my number one with Conforto. I, I mean, you touched on it briefly. Um, you know what OPS OPS? You, you know, you re referenced it a bunch of times. What's OPS plus though? Explain that to the good folks out here. Okay, so the reason why so on base plus slugging plus the plus means it's being compared to the league average for the year. Yes. Okay. okay. So what do we have for Michael Conforto for 2021? You know, you're bullish, just like right. Rick Hahn. Like I said, very, very rough year. He had a rough and year. He, a year that is unprecedented for him in a bad way. Yes. It's not unprecedented because 2016 was similar. Now, we have— Oh, 2016? Where he was injured, yeah. Okay. Are you, oh, thank you. So, um, but look, 2021, he has a 101 OPS plus. That means he's 1% better than the average baseball player in the major leagues. I'm not going to take a flyer out on a guy whose down year just happened. Look, this could be, this could be You think be it's a downturn in his age 28 year? You're wild for that. Dude, the... I, I also just don't trust the – I'm going to be honest, Steve. I don't trust the organization he's coming from. The Mets is a poorly fucking run organization. I joke about so, never trust a Mets, so, but I'm damn serious right so now. So are you telling never me that you didn't want the White Sox – You're telling me that you didn't want the White Sox to sign Marcus Stroman? You're telling me if Jacob deGrom hit the market right now? No. And he wanted to sign Hold with the on. White Sox, he wouldn't sign Marcus Stroman is a Blue Jay down deep Okay, in his then heart. there you go. DeGrom. Exactly. Right? No, DeGrom is – DeGrom's an anomaly. That's not even – that's not fair to put him on the table. He's a goddamn anomaly. Look, I I don't. It's a stupid watching. It's it. Look, I, okay. I, it, maybe it's maybe it's illogical for me to say never trust a Matt. Maybe it is, but I you can't deny the fact that he had a down year last year. I, I don't want to take a flyer out on some guy. So yes, I'm gonna take a shit on your holiday wish list because look, <laughs> I'm not I'm not. We are not in the business of taking a flyer on a guy. We are it's not a flyer. He is a consistent. A he is a series. consistently good player. So once again, I'm just gonna keep it at OPS plus. Is that cool? That's because fine. that that compares him to league average throughout the years. Yeah, right? that's fine. 100 is league average. So from 2017 onward, 148, 122, 127, 154. He's 101. consistently yes. All those years from 2017 to 2020, he is an he is almost at elite level, if not at elite level, at hitting the baseball. Dude, or getting is, on base. This is not a small sample size, though. Dude, he he played in 125 games this year, and he was at an OPS plus. So players aren't allowed to have off years. No, they're they're plenty allowed to have an off year. But I'm not going to be the one to take a flyer. Have this a, is the same look, guy who who loves him, Carlos Rodon. Let him no. I let him go and get a one year deal with some prove it deal with some like 
garbage organization. I don't know, like the Cubs, right? Like, let him go and that was funny. That was kind of funny. Now, let, let him do that prove-it deal somewhere else, and we'll pick him up later on, whatever. I, I don't want to be the people who are testing the waters on him. It you just you, you feel... want sample size. Conforto is consistently better every single year other than last year, a contract year. Again, like, that, I— what, you you think you a, think do you think that now that Kyle Schwarber is somehow going to become a 145 OPS plus guy yearly? I think that the park no. factor is a big deal in in Schwarber's kind of development and the fact that he'd be in the AL where he can actually DH and focus on his hitting instead of trying to be out there in the field. I swear, Steve. I swear. I I I just don't. I'm not bullish. I'm not Rick Hans bullish. On Michael Conforto. I just don't trust a guy who's coming off a down year in a year that we're trying to go for it. We're trying to go to the goddamn World Series, right? Okay. Like, so I don't want to. I know, I know you brought up how it's harder for right or harder to hit home runs in Fedway, right? Yeah, it is. It is. However, park, don't forget about park factors. Okay. So, park factors, basically, it's a rating of, you know, over 100 favors batters, under 100 favors pitchers. Okay. Mm-hmm. Multi year. Fenway is 109, 109, or 109 for batting, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Batting, 112. Okay. Batting is 112, which is higher, right? So just something to consider. Fenway I, is still a hitter's ballpark, despite it not being a home run ballpark. Steve, I don't care about anything but the ball going over the fence. I've made that clear on this podcast. I want the ball to leave the ballpark. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm joking a little bit, but I I think like brass tacks, right? Brass tacks, just to wrap up where I, where I stand on Michael Conforto. Okay. I think I've communicated it quite clearly, but look, I don't want to be the team that goes out here and says, look, I'm just going to like, let's just erase what's on the whiteboard here. I don't believe in last. I don't believe in 2021, Michael Conforto. Why don't you come on down and prove to me who you were in the last few years? I don't, I don't think we should be that team. I wish him luck. I'm sure he's going to do fantastic for some other organization. I, I, but You're missing I, out on a golden opportunity to get better at a position. Look, it's, for me, it's a below 100 at a solid market it, rate. It, it is below. It, it's not a lock. It's not a lock. And you me. think Kyle Schwarber's a lock because dude. of one good year? No, he hit. He hits bombs, dude. He hits bombs, and we didn't hit bombs last year. He hits bombs, but he also strikes out a lot. We didn't do that last year. We didn't do this last year. I just give you've him a got little... guys that can hit bombs on this lineup, right? But they didn't do. If it If anything, last it comes year. down to plate approach. But they didn't do it last year, Steve. And I'm I'm ready to sell out for the home run because that's what separated us from. The team that kicked our shit, our Keith, our teeth in. Good God. The team that kicked our Keith teeth in. Why can't I say it? I keep saying my father's name. The team that kicked our teeth in in the playoffs hit a lot of home runs off of us. They and also pitched a lot better than us, too. Well, yeah, but I, I just, I, I want to set ourselves up for um, a home run heavy 2022. And I also don't want to take a flyer on a guy who struggled last year. And I know you say, it's not a flyer, it's not a flyer, look at his career, but that's where I stand. I, I A guy that struggled in the year closest to signing a big contract with us, I just don't want to do it. And I'm not Rick Hanso. Go make your argument up at his office, but this is not the guy for me. If we sign him, hell, 
I'll cheer for him, but you better cheer for him. Well, you know I will. You good know ass I will. player. But and and shit, if we sign him and and he's great, I'll fucking eat crow on the podcast. All I'm podcast. gonna say is if they sign Conforta, like I said before, when you brought up Schwarber, if they signed Schwarber and they made him the everyday DH, I'd be happy about it, right? Right. Right. But if they sign Michael Conforto and you throw a fit about it, we're done. No, I, I wouldn't. I don't think I'd throw a fit about it. I'd probably be like, you shouldn't oh, be, damn, they You shouldn't even be it. a little disappointed. I would be hesitant to jump on the bandwagon. I'd have, I would want to like, I'd be in his corner and I'd have to see it to believe it. I'm, is buying, what I'll say. I'm buying the damn jersey. Of course you are. Of course you are. I was ready to buy Cesar Hernandez's jersey. I'll yes, tell you, you what. Are. Well, I just brought up pitching a second ago. Let's talk about that. Tom. Yes, yes. On your holiday wish list. My holiday wish list for pitching, you know. Yours is yours is you unrealistic. You already know who it is. But it's unrealistic. Unless he comes back and, and we get him on a good deal. Okay, look. Do you think I, it's possible? I really, I did not play by the rules. I What did we say at the top of the segment? It's like, hey, we can't go to the top of the market for, yeah. Right. And Carlos Car- Rodon Carlos right Rodon. now is at the top of the market for left-handed starting pitching. It's him and Clayton <laughs> Kershaw. <laughs> Yeah, and yet here he is on my uh, Grandpa <laughs> Reinsdorf uh, holiday wish list. I want Carlos Rodon, Steve. I, I He's on my wish list. I, I I think he's the best guy out there for the for the organization. I do, and I, I've said it before. He's he's one of the he, – he was fucking great for us last year. Fucking amazing. And he – has the least amount of you know mileage on his arm uh <laughs> because of you know <laughs> the yeah. fact that you just brought up his mileage is fine but let's bring up his injury history right <laughs> that's another issue yeah that's i mean that's the reason for the lack of mileage right um but i i i stand by it steve i think that he is going to be a really good addition to whatever team he ends up on and the problem is his his price point might be above that of Jerry's um, right. I think preference. here's the thing. I thought they passed on giving Rodon the qualifying offer for Which, two yeah. for, for two reasons. I thought it was first because they wanted to tap the market for something else, and two because of his medicals. And because they didn't tap the market during winter meetings, it makes me even more skeptical that there is something in the medicals that we do not know about as fans, as regular, ordinary fans that don't have connections to the organization, right? I mean, what would be, like, like additional scar tissue that's been building up? Or, like, what would be... I mean, Tommy, look at his fastball velocity. It Look at the games it, that he it, had it to went, sit out. It went right back up. It went right back up. It and went I think right back up for what? The playoffs. For the playoff you game. Know, he had the right? adrenaline. He is but, out there pitching okay. his arm out, and then they had to yank him. And I know that was because he got in a little bit of a jam, but they went straight to Kopech so early, right? It was a it was a game on the line. It was the season on the line game. They're going to pull a guy early if they get in trouble. That's just what they're going to do. I don't think that's necessarily because they didn't trust Rodon. Like if it was the next series in game right. three, I don't think I don't think it's a trust thing. I'm even worried more even more worried that it's a health thing. So I'm that's my biggest thing. I'll say this. If they want to throw money at a left-handed pitcher and it's not Carlos Rodon, like big money. Yeah. If they're going to throw the same money at Carlos Rodon or Clayton Kershaw. No. Steve, he's old as fuck. No. Oh, my gosh. 
Okay, they said the same about Justin Verlander. They said the same about Nelson Cruz. <laughs> right. Clayton Kershaw is a Hall of Fame yes, pitcher. He, yes, he is. And he's yeah. only, I mean, by only, only, I say only, he's 34, right? I thought he was 35. Hey, yeah, yeah, okay. He's 34. Sure. Just looking at it now. I would give the money to Kershaw, personally. Wow. I know um, that's cr- I know that's a little out there, but at the same time, <laughs> I'm paying for a guy that's been there before and done that. Yeah. And he, does not have as many health concerns. Uh, I, okay. I mean, is age a health concern? <laughs> not necessarily. Look at Matt, look at Mad Max. Yeah. Yeah. So, and he's out here locking it the fuck up. He's absolutely. making money. Right. My realistic grandpa, Jerry. Yeah. Let's go to realistic. Like, cause I'm not, I'm not realistic. Realistic not grandpa, realistic. Jerry wish list uh, yes. signing is Tyler Anderson. Um, yeah, which, which is, isn't great. No, um, it's not. <laughs> and and would he be? I said the White Sox needed a three. Would Tyler Anderson be your three? Absolutely not. He's your fifth starter. Yes, he's your fifth fifth starter on opening day. At least he should be. Yeah. As long as, and to be honest with you, I pray to God that Kopech is stretching out right now. Yeah, it'd be on him right now, but yeah. because right now your rotation should be, even if you sign somebody like Tyler Anderson. Even if you signed a fifth starter type of guy, well, then again, too, he still got Dallas Keuchel. <laughs> Never forget, he's is his bounce back year. You know, he he had a, he kind of had a Conforto like year last year, but you know what? His career numbers. <laughs> I hate you so much. <laughs> I hate you so that's, much because Dallas Keuchel's peripherals. I don't even want to get into that's it right comedy. Now. That's funny. That's funny. Um, you know, I didn't what? even get into Michael Conforto stat cast, but that's fine. Yeah. I, I, again, like Steve, we, we, we can yell at each other all we want. I'm not going to see eye to eye with you on Conforto because of his last, like his last season. It's not a small sample size in my mind. So I'm not ready, but come on, let's celebrate a little bit. Something else. May we move on? You know what? Yeah, we can we we can start to move on. I I do want to say though, really All right, quick, I'll let you. Yeah, that you know, I know Michael Conforto ha- had the rough year, but his expected weighted on base average was in the seventy fourth percent seventy fourth percentile. Max exit velo on the balls he hit was eightieth percentile. His walk percentage was way up. His barrel rate is still in the sixtieth percentile. He doesn't whiff that much. Sixty second percentile. Um, his chase rate is the 81st percentile, which is something our team struggles with ba- ba- like badly, um, and he doesn't chase. Um, I think it's things that can get fixed up. This is a guy that was the 10th overall pick at one point. It's not like some scrub. Dude, okay? No, okay, but – I know, Schwarber was like fifth. Yeah, it, it, still. Like, it's pick, not a scrub is what I'm trying to yeah. say. It's not a scrub. So I, I'm not arguing that he's a scrub. I just like a down year is a down year. You know, and that I'd, I'm not going to anyway, again, we can come back to it because you just threw X Woba at me and I'm like, <laughs> you said X Woba. <laughs> I love that you just called it X Woba. <laughs> so, OK, let's let's celebrate. Let's celebrate. Yeah. Right? Celebration okay. time. Here we are. We are enjoying ourselves. We're having a good time. We're yelling at each other. Um Minnie Minoso is in the Hall of Fucking Fame, guys. Yes, he is. Cheers um, to that. Steve is literally pouring me a drink. We're cheersing. Hell cheers, baby. Yes, long awaited, my friends. Absolutely. So, Minnie Minoso, number nine, finally in the Hall of Fame. Retired mm-hmm. with the White Sox for many, many years now. Right. But 
one thing that you know White Sox fans have been calling for, a lot of baseball fans have been calling for in general, is Minnie to finally make the Hall of Fame. And for those of you that know, regular listeners, we have a regular segment that we call the Minoso Minute. Mm-hmm. And our Minoso Minute this week is, is going to be a little bit more than a minute, uh, but it's going to be highlighting the guy who we named that segment after, who's finally in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Minnie Minoso, man. Incredible career with the Chicago White Sox. And obviously, he did things far beyond the game of baseball, right? Um, but he's an anomaly, man. I mean, he's not just the guy who broke the color barrier for Afro-Latino players, but he also had an incredible career, mm-hmm. one that spanned over multiple decades. Now, technically, his major league career spanned from the 40s to the 80s, right? Phenomenal. Crazy, right? And on top of that, he was memorialized and got his uh, honorary minor league at-bats in the 90s and the 2000s as well. So he's a seven-decade player, right? That's the kind of guy that we're talking about here. Specifically, like, running through, like, what he did as a player, too. Like, when you just look at the speed that he brought to the base paths, when you look at a prolific contact hitter that he was, and he also had a bit of power behind his bat, too. He wasn't just a slap hitter like Nick Madrigal. (laughs) He was an all-around phenomenal player. And on top of that, I don't even know if they – had gold glove awards at this point i would i would have to look it up but uh he was a phenomenal defensive player as well mostly because of his speed he they did have gold gloves pardon me three-time gold glove award winner 13 time all-star and this is during a time when all-star selections were were kind of biased and, and they still are biased right but i mean you're talking about a guy that had to break racial barriers in order to be considered a great player, right? And he was still a 13-time All-Star. He was part of a 1947 uh, World Series team um, with New York. Um, and then he would have been part of a uh, 1959 World Series appearance uh, with the White Sox, but he got traded away to Cleveland for a couple years for early win. Um, and mind you, too, the White Sox – fucked up on that one because uh, he was a gold glover with Cleveland in 1959, was 12th in MVP voting, um, and then came back to the White Sox and said, yep, I'm still that good in his age 34 year and finished fourth in MVP voting um, and was a gold glover. So it's not just what he did with the bats, what he did with the glove, and also what he did off the field. One stat that always, if you go to baseball reference and you look at Minnie Minoso, the one thing that always catches my eye is his hit by pitch, right? Mm-hmm. He led the league. And hit by pitch, if I'm not mistaken, five, six, I'm doing the count right now, nine times in his career. Nine times. Spanning from 1951 to 1961. It's like half of his career he's leading the league and getting hit by pitches. And obviously, I don't I don't have the my eyes to see it. I don't have the records to see it. But I think we know that that was on purpose. So, mm-hmm. that being said, I was really going to highlight 
on many stats and just how good of a player he was and Tommy was going to dive more deep into the the other stuff too. But that being said, this is a franchise player for the Chicago White Sox. Mm-hmm. Hell, he got his own 99 card on MLB The Show 20. <laughs> and I love that card because he absolutely rakes and is just absolutely incredible. So Minnie Minoso not only has a special place in my heart as a Chicago White Sox, but as a member of the Bad News Bears, my Diamond Dynasty team <laughs> on uh, MLB The Show 20. So well-deserved Hall of Fame election for Minnie Minoso. I'm just so happy that it finally happened. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. And thank you, Steve. Yeah, sorry. That was very ranty. No, it, it like it hit on all the notes. And I, I love that you kind of closed with the the man led the league in hit by pitch for like nine years yeah. and still was the top class, the, the, the best guy on the field in, in, on a lot of days. And you know what? Like, look, if he wasn't fast as fuck, he might have been hit even more because he was a threat to steal. Like he was gonna if you put him on base he was like all right cool let me run on you then like this guy just despite all the odds stacked against him he was undeniable Mm -hmm. and that is worthy of the hall of fame and i look we're, we're not gonna say anything that no one else has said yet but he's in the fucking hall of fame like that's awesome he's a white sock he he was mr white socks and he's getting his roses, which, you know, frankly, it should have happened while I was alive. We've all said that, too. Mm-hmm. But it, it means something to to a lot of people, to Chicagoans, to it's it's just a long overdue rec- recognition. Right? Absolutely. To his family, mm-hmm. to the Cuban baseball community, um, to players of color everywhere. Yeah, it, it should. It, it means a lot. And so. he, he just – he deserved that after everything he experienced in his life, right? Like, he wasn't allowed to be in the majors for the first, like, portion of his career. Absolutely. Like, he, he was ready for it. it like, what, what, Ted Williams, didn't he get in, the like, the league at, like, 18 or some shit? Like, the a lot of these, like, guys, especially, like, he started in the fucking 1940s. They were letting teenagers play in the mm-hmm. 1940s. And, and here we have Minnie Minoso, who absolutely would have killed – those dick ball pitchers like and he wasn't allowed in the league because of the color of his skin absolutely what the fuck is that all about so again he deserved this not only for what he did on the field but for everything he experienced in his life and he just means a lot to the franchise and he means a lot to the franchise today a lot of the players who are part of the franchise now like example a my fucking capitan Jose Abreu was in tears the day that Minnie Minoso died. This man meant everything to to Jose Abreu, right? And that guy's like hero, our hero's hero, <laughs> is, is in the is in the Hall of Fucking Fame. It, it, it's really, it's 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 official. This segment is named after a Hall of Famer. And yes, Steve is showing me the photo of Jose Abreu in his rookie year, just like posing with the legend Minnie Minoso and and couldn't be happier and and he said and he credits him to saying like the man who taught me how to be a major league baseball player this is Jose Abreu saying it is like he said this is the man who taught me about respect in the game and who taught me to how to be a major league baseball player in America Minnie Minoso and 
you know what? That's not <laughs> – that doesn't mean he's – like immediately Hall of Fame worthy, but that is something that means something to White Sox fans. And I think like we're in a special position where like the whole fucking United States should be celebrating that a guy like Minimanoso got into the Hall of Fame because it was long overdue. He was in other Hall of Fames, by the way, but he wasn't in the Hall of Fame, you know, and we should celebrate it because of what he means to us. And that, yeah. I, well, so. I, I'm very, very happy on this day. Most definitely. Just brings me to a couple anecdotal stories of, of Minnie Minoso too, and just like how great of a dude he was outside of the game of baseball. Um, I'll never forget, my dad one day came back from going to a Cubs game with some buddies, um, and he went into Sluggers. Sluggers is a special <laughs> place in my heart, obviously, because that's where my parents met in 1992, 1991. I think it was 1991. Anyway, um, but my dad's in the bar, and all of a sudden, just sitting in the bar, chilling there, is none other than Minnie Minoso. And Minnie was just a really down-to-earth dude, just chilling there, having his drink, willing to chat it up with all the patrons, um, and then signed a hat for my dad. Um, my dad bought a Slugger's hat and got it signed by Minnie, and it's currently sitting in uh, now the spare bedroom at my parents' place. It used to be my bedroom. You know, this is what happens when you get kicked out of the house. <laughs> they, they make other uses of your space. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, but just like down-to-earth dude, and it reminds me too also of, you know, Chris Tannehill, uh, yeah. a, a good friend of our, our podcast and, uh, you know, has, has been a, a guest on the Sons of Honarchy here uh, talking about when he was bagging groceries at Jewel. And uh, good old Minnie Minoso, who lived in the neighborhood. Rolls up in the caddy. Absolutely, <laughs> man. Uh, coming to pick up his groceries. Uh, and just a uh, really nice dude uh, with his mini license plate on the back of his car. Hell yeah. Um, but yeah, Minnie Minoso was, was a man, not just for baseball, but a man for the people. Um, yeah. So, like you said, Tom, well-deserved. We should be very, very excited about yeah. this day and him being enshrined. I would love to think that if he was around today, he'd be like getting that license plate renamed mini HOF and just rolling up and down Lakeview. Just like, yo, look at this shit. Let's go. I I mean, he again, he just deserved this in his lifetime. But hey, let's fucking I, sluggers. Let's go. Let's go celebrate where he would want to celebrate it. Um, next you know what, time. We, we, we should do that. Tom. We, we should really absolutely should absolutely do that next. You know what? Hall of Fame ceremony, Tom, whenever it happens, the day of, we should absolutely roll up to Sluggers, get some drinks in honor of Minnie, and uh, and cheers off to him. Let's fucking book it. Um, hopefully, they'll be playing baseball soon thereafter. <laughs> or That's during the summer. So, yes, they better be fucking playing baseball. Okay. I um, We could go on and on. We could go on and on. We love the guy. We're happy that our 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 podcast segment is now named after a Hall of Famer. Um, Absolutely. But yeah, do you, Steve, Stephen Michael Smirt, full government name, have any final thoughts? Whew, it's. I think our final thoughts were wrapped up very well in the mini Minoso Minoso minute specialty segment. This uh, this podcast. I'm very happy that you know this is our this is our second to last episode of of the season yeah the season three, of the yeah. year of our, our season three um so 
I think next episode will be very appropriate to just give all the shout outs in the world to people. But um, hey, let's focus on on celebrating Minnie Minoso, his legacy and uh, everything he did for not only the White Sox, but the game of baseball as a whole. Um, I'm trying to stay optimistic despite our our kind of dead off season. Yeah. Well, um, I I can't say too much else because you know we're over an hour, and <laughs> um, I'm I'm really just happy despite the lockout that this news came for White Sox organization. You know, memorialize him, immortalize him in the hall. Let's fucking go. In Han, we trust. Celebrating Mini Minoso, even though he's turning to dust. Oh! <laughs> Have a good one, everybody. We'll see y'all next week. Oh, I love that. That's. <laughs>